We'll jump in right here. We're getting to uh, playing politics a little bit late. That's my fault. Uh, just important stories get to earlier in the day. This also very important. Scott Gillespie and John Rash with us from the Star Tribune. They are both with us on the Centerpoint Energy Home Service Plus Hotline. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Um, let's talk about what has happened politically since last Friday, the death of a true judicial icon, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is honored today once again. There are acts of uh, their comments, their decisions, where I think you can point out some hypocrisy on both sides. But, John, you first. If you want to give me a person, you want to give me a party, you want to give me an example, which example of hypocrisy has stood out most to you? Well, first, as with you and as with so many Americans, and perhaps the only thing that may unite hopefully everyone on this issue, you know, I lament the death and, and wish the best for her family and friends. It's a great loss for the country. She was a great example for everyone and how to truly lead a civic life. I think that those in her wake may not be all upholding that standard, um, and I think there certainly is hypocrisy on both sides. I think that the appropriate standard is that a president is elected by the people and she or he has a right to make this choice and the Senate should consider it. That is what should have happened in the Merrick Garland case. And certainly if that uh, would have been the case, it, there wouldn't be the hue and cry that we hear now across the country regarding how the Republicans are moving quite quickly on this nomination. That being said, certainly the president on that standard has the right to nominate someone, as he indeed will, on Saturday. And the Senate has the right and obligation for their constitutional duty to move forward on that um, once that name has been proffered by the president at, at this point. I think that going back, the, the real egregious act was not giving Merrick Garland his due is perfectly was understandable if Republicans were resistant to him being on the bench, although many had previously voted for him on lower uh, court assignments um, and perhaps would have had a hard explaining why he suddenly wasn't qualified to be on the Supreme Court. But that is what has set this precedent and the president seems to be moving forward. And my sense is that, yes, this will be a big election issue, in part because it's likely that they indeed will uh, approve a Supreme Court justice before the election. How about you, Scott? Well, I, I share John's thinking on this, uh, Chad, I, the hypocrisy from the Republican Party, which sat on a, a nomination uh, decision for, uh, you know, eight months at least, uh, you know that's 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 the real hypocrisy. And I've heard the I've heard the arguments from the Republicans that this is a different situation because you've got a uh, uh, Republican Senate and a Republican White House. Uh, back in uh, with Merrick Garland, obviously we had a Democratic president and a Republican Senate. That's a purely political way of looking at things, though. And uh, you know, I believe that uh, you'd like to think that the U.S. Senate could take a vote and. Uh, do what's right uh, uh, for the for the court 
and for the country. They should have done that with Merrick Garland, and I agree with John that they uh, they do have a responsibility to go forward and, and take a vote uh, on President Trump's nomination. But it is hypocritical. Scott, I am worried that we now have reached a point where we have such a divide in our country that unless we now have a president and Senate that are in the same party, that this is no longer going to be about the fourth year. This is going to be about years one, two, three, and four. So let's just play out a scenario. If the election was today, Joe Biden is the favorite. Okay, no guaranteed win. It could change dramatically. But let's just play that. Joe Biden wins. And let's say the Senate is still controlled, even by a slim majority, by the Republicans. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced if it's the first or second year that anything is going to change. And to be honest, if it's Donald Trump and it's Chuck Schumer and the Republicans get, uh, obviously, Gorsuch and they get, let's say, it's Amy Coney Barrett, I'm not convinced it's going to change with the Democrats. Do you think we're in a position where we might watch for the next four, six, eight, ten years where no justice is going to be approved unless it's same party for the president and same party for the Senate. Certainly possible. And uh, you know that you've already seen the the possibility floated that uh, if the Democrats were to win both the White House and the Senate, that they're going to look at serious Supreme Court reform, adding judges, which, of course, the Republicans are quick to say is court packing, and they use that derogatory uh, term, uh, Adria uh, Cortez, Representative Cortez, has already been outspoken about the her desire to see that happen from the well, progressive can I wing jump of in? the party. Are, yes, aren't they right? Isn't that just court packing? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that case uh, for sure. Um, there's a reason why we we have the Supreme Court of, uh, with this uh, number of justices and have for for, for decades. So yeah, I think that um, you're right. We may not see. Uh, any progress if we have uh, a White House and Senate com- uh, controlled by, by different parties in terms of, of making nominations to the court. Uh, we don't know. You said, I think, what did you say, a decade to come? Maybe we don't have another yeah. opening for a decade to come. Yeah. I, there's that possibility, too. What do you think, John? That certainly the possibility exists, but my sense is that the electorate won't accept this. So, both parties may run on having unity in Washington and having control of Congress and the White House together to move the country forward. That would be a grand debate that uh, would, you know, once again energize the electorate, and one of the parties would likely win that debate at this point. Now, there's always the possibility, indeed the hope, that either party would come forward with a nominee with such impeccable credentials that you could convince a few members of the other party to vote for that person on his or her merits. And perhaps President Trump's nominee will be that person, but my sense is that every Democrat just on principle will reject the nominee based on what happened with Merrick Garland. And, you know, we look at um, other nominees, however, Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself was overwhelmingly um, accepted by the United States Senate, I think only three negative yep. votes, and ninety-six think, to three. Yeah, and and you know it's so it's not in 
such a distant past. And I think that, you know, the, if, if um, we can get the toxicity to abate in politics, we perhaps can get back there at some point, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. Chad, on, one other Jeff. point on yeah, this. No, go ahead, Scott. Yep, I yep. jump in. Merrick yeah. Garland was looked at as that kind of candidate. Correct. Yes. As a, uh, you know, a, a center-left candidate uh, for the court. And, you know, uh, because President Obama uh, knew that he didn't have control of the Senate, um, or maybe that's just who he thought was the best candidate for the for the uh, uh, court. But, you know, do you expect Donald Trump to, to you know, take that approach? Of course not. He won't. Short pause. Back with Scott and John here on WCCO. Linda's construction time check is 154. Time to invest in Minnesota-made Infinity from Marvin Windows. Scott Gillespie, John Rash with us from the Star Tribune. Uh, Scott, next week we'll have our first debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Seemingly lately with uh, Obama struggling in 12 and uh, Bush struggling in 04, the concern is for the incumbent that he hasn't debated in a long time. Then the talk is, and I'm with it, Joe Biden, when you had six or seven, eight people up there, he just wasn't very good. When it was one-on-one with Sanders, he was okay. The first debate is more important, Scott, for which candidate? I think for uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, for the for the reason that you just stated, uh, Chad, I agree with you that certainly in the uh, debate in which uh, his now running mate, uh, Kamala Harris, went after him, yep. uh, he was caught off guard by that, mm-hmm. didn't yep. seem prepared, seemed surprised, uh, didn't seem like he anticipated being attacked, and uh, he better anticipate anticipate being attacked <laughs> now, and I think he yes. does. Uh, you know, I, I think he knows that this is a different, uh, a different animal he's dealing with here. But I think because of uh, the fact that Trump dominates the news cycle the way he does, and he is constantly on television. He's constantly, at, you know, having rallies and constantly getting his message out. You know, it, it, Biden's got an opportunity here uh, with these three debates. And, and like you said, especially the first one, he's got an opportunity here to really contrast himself uh, remarkably and show that he has much deeper knowledge of the issues, which I believe he does than the president. What do you think, John? The election's a referendum on President Trump, but that means people need to be uh, reassured, those who are supporters, that Vice President Biden is up to the job. So the pressure is more on him, particularly because President Trump is such a known commodity, as Scott rightly points out. And reportedly, he is not really doing any debate prep because that's not the way that he operates. He wings it, and he often gets quite personal. These are things that Vice President Biden well anticipate. Reportedly, he's doing a lot of debate prep, I'm sure not just on the issues that he knows quite well, but on how to respond to the personalization of politics that President Trump so specializes in. So if he can hold his own, as Scott said he did with Senator Sanders, he's going to be well positioned to maintain his lead. But this is one of these events, especially the first one, because it's going to be so well watched that could change the dynamic of the race. And that's certainly what supporters of the president hopes happens. 
Gents, i got to jump in. We'll have more time next week. Thank you very much. John Rash and Scott Gillespie, excellent from the Star Tribune editorial board. CBS with the news on the Breonna Taylor grand jury and Adam Carter up next.